get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Feeling rested and rejuvenated coming off the bye week. Welcome inside the latest here on Bonfire Midweek. Darren Bombing, Zach Schnitzer. Schnitz, what's going on, man? You, you feeling good after this bye week? I think it's hard not to when you, you get a bit of a, a week off, but then the riders are in town. 30,000 plus at the Madhouse on Matheson on Friday night. Yeah, I needed a little break, buddy. Like, I, I, you know, we get tired too, right? Uh, yeah. We, we talk bombers all the time. Although I have to say the weekend felt a little bit dry, not not having a game to look forward to. But I don't want to think about that because that's going to be the whole offseason. Um, hopefully that's mitigated by a, a, a great cup win. But good to see everybody. It's been a while. It feels like once a week isn't long enough but uh, or too long. But uh, yeah, I got a fresh haircut from my friend Lefty Carroll. Looking at, good. Uh, Looking good. At Ultimate Hair Design. So shout out to her. Uh, check her out there. She does a great haircut. Um, and yeah, feeling good. I'm I've put I put the Hamilton loss away, ready to go. I'm I'm just loving Darren that they got 30,000 plus again. Like for a for a late September game. I know it's the riders, but that is unheard of. Like that's since since the opening inaugural season, that's really quite quite something. Yeah, like 30,000 plus would be a sellout at most stadiums in the CFL today. So great news for the Blue Bombers bottom line. Of course, they have not yet secured the West final at 12 and two. There is still an opportunity for either BC or Calgary or even both to jump past the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Nobody expects that to happen, but still a mathematical possibility. We'll go through all of the playoff scenarios on the show tonight uh and i will join you in welcoming everybody uh to the live chat and to the show great to see everybody do us a favor go to the video below give us a thumbs up subscribe if you haven't and maybe more importantly than anything tell your friends either if they're podcast listeners to download the podcast or subscribe there or check out the videos pre-game coverage as we always do chris Walby will join me tomorrow that's thursday the day before the game as we always do we're going to go at two o'clock live tomorrow. Two. Oh, a little bit earlier than programming normal. change. Yeah. Well, he's got some appointments. We got to make uh-huh. sure, uh, you know, he, he keeps it, uh, keeps it sharp uh, going into this final stretch of the regular season, four games to go for the Winnipeg blue bombers. Um, and, and more than the playoff picture, the quarterback picture in the CFL is changing jake Uh mayer gets a new contract extension starter money with the calgary stampeders we'll talk about bo levi mitchell where he might end up this season next season uh as well as you know taylor cornelius getting a new deal how that all mixes in vernon adams jr with the bc lions can he get the lions going are they still a threat in the west Uh, Of course, we will get into a lot of Bombers, Riders, and and the third game, the rubber match, if you will, uh, between these two uh, heated rivals. Um, And we'll, uh, I know you've got some thoughts, Zach, on something Mike O'Shea shared this past week about his bye week 
mentality. Very yeah. interesting uh, point there we will get into as well. We're going to have our NFL picks. Good yeah. competition between you and me, Schnitz. Uh, and then our <laughs> CFL rapid fire picks as well. Yeah, the yeah, you're boat raising me, buddy. I, I have no business making NFL picks, but uh I endeavor to learn. I, I, I just keep betting on my on those Chiefs and uh yeah, anyway. Yeah, they're 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 struggling a little bit, but uh <laughs> if you haven't yet, go to SIA.com slash bonfire, sign up, you get a hundred percent bonus up to five hundred dollars. Canadian casino keeps the money uh in the economy here. Uh, in Canada, and a uh, great place to bet on CFL, NFL, NHL, NBA, you name it, props, futures. You can bet on uh, anybody to win the Grey Cup right now. You can even bet on two teams and still make out with a win. Um, you know, if, if the team you think is going to win maybe doesn't. If you got a, a number two uh, or a dark horse, uh, money to be made there, no question, and we'll get into those picks uh, a little bit later. Um, okay, let's quickly go around the Canadian Football League in CFL Week 16, Zach. It was um, just a three-game slate with uh, a couple teams on the bye. It started in Hamilton, or pardon me, it started with Hamilton in Montreal, and the Ticats coming off a huge win over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, well, they go to Montreal and Trevor Harris and Gino Lewis uh, seem to continue to, uh, to to play consistent football. These are the two teams that have beaten Winnipeg yep. this season, and yep. Montreal comes away with a 23-16 win. And they've got William Stanback coming back soon, apparently. Soon. Uh, soon. Not yet. Not quite yet. Not so. this week. You, you look at that team. I, I still think Trevor Harris uh, is sort of up and down. And once he gets hit, he kind of crumbles, especially in prime time. But, uh, hey, listen, they, they've got a good defense. And if they can get their running game going with Stanback, especially, man, they, they've got some good receivers. And, and they beat Hamilton, who was really on fire coming off the win. But, uh, yeah, it, it might just be that that was just – Hamilton's moment in the sun, like like we were talking about, Darren, we were interested to see what would happen. And uh, turns out uh, they couldn't, or Dane Evans couldn't quite sustain that that excellence. Like uh, we we saw in, in some of the articles this week out of the free press and bluebombers.com, you know, people saying Evans just had the game of his life and and maybe that's it. That's what it was. We'll see. But well, I, I, I took from five touchdowns. Sorry, he yeah. goes from five touchdowns to zero against yeah. Montreal. It's crazy. And it sucks because it was it was making uh, the crossover thing kind of interesting, although that's still in play with the Riders. So we'll see what happens. So uh, the CFL Week 16 slate. Oh, my gosh. I lost it. Where did it go? I'll get it back here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Week 16 slate then moved to Ottawa, where the Toronto Argonauts oh. roll in there and absolutely roll over the Ottawa Red Blacks, 45-15. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, and, uh, I mean, is there a, t like, to me, the East is all Toronto and Montreal. Hamilton, um, Ottawa, I don't think you can even uh, mix in there right now. Uh, just... Uh, Hamilton stymied me. Viewers of the show know that uh, throughout the season. But um, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if uh, Montreal is going to be able to chase down Toronto. They are two games back. Yeah. But anybody can win in this division. I could see Montreal going into Toronto and, and, and winning, sure. uh, punching their ticket to the Grey Cup. So, um, you know, it'll be fascinating to see how that shakes out. 
No, and and Lynn Reimer saying don't ug that. Uh, I, what I mean is, it, it's just it was ugly for Ottawa, mm-hmm. and it's just getting uglier. And you can't really blame the talent. I mean, this is this is really, I think, the end of La Police in Ottawa. Yeah, uh, I just don't think it's acceptable. I don't think you know. I he took a timeout in the fir- the end of the first half, and then takes a knee. Uh, it, just questionable decisions. Can't seem to be able to do both jobs, Darren. Yeah, I, I don't know what what's going on there. I've loved what he's brought to Winnipeg, but it's he's just not getting it done as a head coach. I feel for him and his family. I mean, Tina's local, a great person. I hear, great family, but. It just isn't working out for him, and and I think they're just probably waiting for that phone call. As soon as the season's over, they're do- he's done. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you lose your starting quarterback so early in the season, uh, and being in a rebuilding or retooling phase, a build up phase, uh, I think uh, the writing was on the wall for the Ottawa Red Blacks early. It's just unfortunate that those opportunities that Ottawa has had, they haven't been able to uh, to capitalize. So you know, are we going to see a new head coach in Ottawa? Next season, uh, we'll wait and see, but uh, that possibility most definitely there. The third game of CFL Week 16, Calgary gets revenge in Vancouver. Vernon Adams gets his first start two weeks ago in Calgary and gets the win, and then Jake Mayer goes back to Vancouver and, you know, kind of teaches Vernon Adams what's up. He goes uh, 27 to 33 for 294 yards. He's a CFL top performer this week, gets the new contract as well. And yes. uh, Calgary, uh, not counting themselves out of that uh, West division race, half a game back of the BC Lions at nine and five BC at nine and four. Uh, this race is far from over. Even Winnipeg, the, the blue bombers need to ensure they're on their P's and Q's and on their toes. And, and they're able to take care of business not just this week against Saskatchewan, but against Edmonton and those two games against mm-hmm. BC. Um, of course, those final two games, Zach, will be indicative of, of where Winnipeg finishes. Um, unless BC really struggles over the next three weeks here uh, before they um, uh, you know, they face Winnipeg twice. Well, it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And I think Bomber fans just love that these two clubs are just beating each other up, right? Beat the snot out of each other and then limp into the West Final and... Uh, that's why Kyle Walters said a few years ago, you know, that's what you need in the West Division. You need to get that first round by. And then you're just one win away. You're at home with our rabid fans. And, you know, that's what you want. And I'm more, much more of personally, Darren, much more afraid of Calgary than BC. I, I think I you saw that the, you saw what the problem with Vernon Adams is. He can go on the road and win you one and play amazing and then he can lose you one at home in a in kind of a stinker on a late game and um you know Calgary's got a good defense they've got a great running game I I fully expect them to be in Winnipeg on November 13th yeah I I tend to agree uh I I'm huge huge fan of Jake Mayer I think he is going to be one of the next great quarterbacks in the CFL uh, that contract maybe surprised some people. They're like, well, you know, this is kind of an unproven commodity. And mm. look, if John Huffnagel is comfortable giving Jake Mayer, not just the reins, but the contract to match. And Dave Dickinson is in that room and all of the uh, quarterback evaluation talent, the Calgary Stampeders yeah. have, 
I'm trusting them. They have shown it over and over and over again uh, to identify talent, to bring them in, to develop them. And then in the case of a lot of players, move on from them like a Nick Arbuckle. So uh, the the Stampeders know what they're doing. Jake yep. Mayer, let's not pretend this guy didn't come in in his first CFL start and throw 15 straight completions against the Blue Bombers. <laughs> let's not pretend he did that the next week and the next week. Um, he, he has shown, yeah, like he's got a lot. The ceiling is high, and the floor is also high for Jake Mayer. I think uh, no brainer that the uh, Calgary Stampeders decided to. Uh, sign him to a contract extension. And that brings us into the conversation, Zach. Um, you know, before we look ahead to week 17 on the whole, yeah. and that's the quarterback picture across the Canadian Football League. It is nowhere near what it was when we started the season. Bo Levi demoted, Jake Mayer promoted, mm-hmm. Vernon Adams Jr., now the starter for the BC Lions, presumably for the rest of the season. Taylor Cornelius gets a contract extension with Edmonton. Cody Fajardo questions about whether uh, he will be back or, or um, you know, uh, the vote of confidence in him to be the starter moving forward. Uh, you know, Dane Evans has shown good and bad yeah. in Hamilton. Jeremiah Masoli injured early. I, I think it will be his job uh, to lose next season when he's back and healthy again. The Montreal Alouettes, you know, didn't start the season thinking Trevor Harris was going to be their guy uh, moving forward. Everything's changing. Where do you see Bo Levi landing? I think he lands in Saskatchewan. If he doesn't go right to the panel. Oh, I'd love, I think he'd love that. I think he would absolutely love it. I think the Ryder fans would love it. I think if they don't make the playoffs or if they're just one and done in the playoffs, Darren, I think Fajardo's gone. I I just think he has not ingratiated himself to the fans. I think they're sick of him in this latest whining episode with him. It it just, the fans aren't going to, this, these fan bases booed Ron Lancaster. They booed Grey Cup winner, Darian Durant. Everybody gets booed in the, in Ryderville. I don't think he wants to leave Saskatchewan. I, I think he loves it there, but I just think when it's this resilience thing, like when things don't go well for him, he kind of crumbles mentally. And I'm not passing judgment on that because I'm a big mental health advocate. But if you're an an elite athlete, like you've talked about this, Darren, you have to be a lead up here too. And he just isn't there yet. And he's letting it get to him. And I'm not saying I would be a great elite athlete mentally. I, I think I would crumble, but uh, you know, I'm not trying to be an elite Maybe athlete. You've been done, right? I, I'm just trying to be a, a good enough dad. Uh, thanks, everybody. Talking about my nice beard. Apparently, David Aspen likes our beards tonight. Uh, getting a lot of uh, stuff on our appearance. We are cool. Like I think I'm you a lot of people shaving it off. That's what I think. Oh I yeah, think. they didn't like that. No, I had to grow it back for everybody. This this jacket, by the way, is from the bomber store a couple of years ago. My mother in law got me a uh, uh, a bathing suit from there, which was like seventy five dollars, and I didn't need a bathing suit, so I just I just exchanged it and added a few bucks and got this sweet jack fall jacket, spring jacket. I they probably still have them there, but uh, you know what yeah. I did? I went to Walmart this week and I yeah. bought three swim trunks, five yeah. bucks each. Well, you get That's you get deals I- there. That's how I roll. That's Union busting roll. Walmart. Here's Darren shopping. You know, I'm more, much more ethical. I shop at Superstore. I like Joe Fresh. Well, no, I like. 
if I can get some funky, funky swim trunks for uh, for five bucks a pop, like nah, I'm, you I'm do it. put it up. That's a fall deal. You buy your barbecue in the fall. You buy your swim gear in the fall uh, and you buy your winter stuff in the spring. Go get a, you know, a shovel for for eleven ninety nine. That, that's the way I roll. Um, I, I, uh, sorry, Darren. Uh, first of all, this is the first time someone's mentioned my Star Wars figurines. This is our 18th show. Come on, guys. Like, thank you. Finally. No. They've been there for a long time. So someone's saying, um, you know, it's bad that people are trolling Fajardo on his personal social media. I don't think it's a personal social media when you're an elite athlete for the uh, and you're the quarterback for the riders. I mean, you're a public figure. And you have to manage it accordingly. It's like Vernon Adams. They get so charged up and reactive. Then don't have social media. You're a public figure. You're, you're going to get trolled. Uh, I've been trolled, and I'm not even that public a figure. I'm sure you've been trolled here and there, Darren. And you ignore it. Like, you have to ignore it. You just have to ignore it. Social uh, media comes with so many pitfalls. Yeah. Right? Like, 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 that's just the way it is. If you want to play in a hockey market like Winnipeg or a football market like Saskatchewan or a hockey market like Montreal or Toronto, it comes with the territory. That, absolutely. That mental resolve, that, that mental, um, uh, what's the word? You know, like resilience. strength. Yeah. Right? Resilience. Yes. To, to have that, I think, is important. Um, you know, if I was a pro athlete or if I was advising a pro athlete, I would say, don't even wade into those waters. You know, if you want to tweet, tweet, but, but don't read Twitter, like don't read it, like tell your, your significant other or your cousin or your, or your, whoever, you know, you send out a tweet for me, say this, uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be reading a, a single thing about that. Cause you don't want that stuff creeping in. I imagine some people are so mentally strong that, you know, that, that it doesn't even creep into their mind, but uh, either way, you know, it's irrelevant to what's happening on the field. Cody Fajardo will get a little bit of help this coming week with, yep. um, Dan Oh God, Clark. why is the name escaping me? Now? Well, Dan Clark's coming back, Dan but, Clark, but you, you still, you still got Evan Johnson. You still got, you know, Oh, my light just went off. Uh, yeah. You still got sort of a porous O line. Um, Anyway, we'll we'll get to the riders, but he's got to step it up and and just take ownership and and the fans aren't going to boo you if you play better. And that that's just is the way it is. Now, the quarterback landscape is fascinating. Uh, I mean, it's just it's so CFL, right? Where you where you have Vernon Adams and and Trevor Harris fighting it out for that number 1 spot. Uh, Adams gets it and then, you know, a few months later he's in BC. I mean, it's just so CFL. You see that every year. I you could always you could always predict some wild trade where well, you saw that with Kolaris in 2019, right? right. So it, it is really a changing of the guard. And it, it's it doesn't seem that long ago, Darren, that Bo Levi Mitchell, like, you know, was responsible for unceremoniously dumping Henry Burris, right? And he revitalized his career. But so so maybe Mitchell can, although I'm on record being very strong that that it's not going to happen. But he, he, you know, maybe he does, and for sure I see him going to Ryderville. I just think there's going to be a house cleaning there. I you know they have a what a point zero two chance of winning the Grey Cup. I, I just think uh, I've talked to folks there, big fans. Uh, they just feel like the season's over. So that that's a fascinating one it's like the only teams that don't have a quarterback huge change or controversy are winnipeg and toronto and i think those are the teams that are going to end up in the gray cup yeah and i they, 
they played each other tight, right? Like that was a tight game that should have gone to overtime. They had all the momentum. Like we've never beaten Toronto in the Great Cup, as our Argos fan cast podcast folks like to like to uh, tease me. Never happened. So w- when it when it comes to Bo Levi Mitchell and where he might land, first of all, the Calgary Stampeders are not going to trade him this year. I'm, no. I'm fully comfortable saying that with absolute certainty because why would you trade your contingency plan in a division where you're going to need, well, it doesn't matter what division you're in, you're going to need a quarterback. If, if something happens to Jake Mayer, you want to make sure you got Bo there or uh, you know, if you want to change a pace or whatever. Um, the last thing you're going to do is trade Bo Levi when you can use him potentially. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Jake Mayer's team moving forward and, and through this season, but there's no they're not going to get anything that's going to help them win this year. So trade him at the end of the year or let him hit free agency and, you know, uh, whoever's got the uh, the nicest uh, package for Bo Levi is where he'll go. A lot of people, you know, like we've been talking about, Saskatchewan is an opportunity. Um, if, Nathan Rourke, if Nathan Rourke isn't back. Yeah. Uh, maybe BC. And when I yep. say not back, then in, in that, you know, he signs an NFL contract, that's a possibility to me. Uh, sure. Edmonton, I don't see that being a possibility. You know, they, they did sign Taylor Cornelius to a contract extension, but I think Edmonton wants to find a young quarterback to develop along with the team, along with uh, uh, Trey Ford, Trey along Ford. with Taylor Cornelius. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that's an immediate need for them. Uh, I don't see Winnipeg going for them. Ottawa, no. They've got Jeremiah Masoli. He's their guy. He is, uh, in, in my opinion, a top three quarterback, top four quarterback in the CFL today. Toronto, I could see Bo Levi Mitchell signing with Toronto. Yep. But it, not. Yeah. I, I don't see that as a huge likelihood or a significant likelihood. What I do see as a significant likelihood is Bo Levi Mitchell signing with the Montreal Alouettes. I could see them doing that to make a splash and to um, maybe solidify that position a little bit because you get good Trevor Harris, bad Trevor Harris. You you got similar up and down play from Vernon Adams Jr. there. They haven't had stability at quarterback in a long time. And I think Montreal is a team that is built to win sooner rather than later. They're a competing team right now. Uh, anybody that says Bo Levi Mitchell is washed up, Come on. How, how do you say that about a guy that has so much experience in this league? Uh, you know, th- things kind of petered out in Calgary with him. And, and no, he hasn't been the same explosive quarterback he has been in years past, but he is a proven winner. He is a future Hall of Famer and, um, you know, is capable, I think, of giving leadership and sparking a young team uh, or, or, you know, a a competitive team like the Montreal Alouettes to get to the next level. I think that is absolutely a possibility. uh, And I would put likelihood of Montreal um, right there with, with Saskatchewan. I would say Montreal is even more likely in my mind than, than him going to Saskatchewan. We'll see. Well, and, and, you know, as I think about it, it's like, am I going to go to Saskatchewan with that O-line? and I'm older in my career and I've had some injuries, I don't think so. But maybe they solidify the O-line. Maybe they throw more money. To be honest, Derek, I'll ask you about Hamilton in a second. But for me, it's like he's right in the head. He's a winner. I I, I agree with all of that. And he he has talent. But I really, 
to me, it just seems, and I have no inside information. It just seems like the injuries, like that surgery, he just has not been the same. He just hasn't been the same Bo Levi Mitchell. And I I just don't see it anymore with him. I think it's a pretty pretty much a, an indictment of him that he's being traded at all, that he's lost his starting job. I think that says everything you need to know. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, washed up is a, is a strong sort of comment on someone, but I just don't think he's the same. And I, I, I can't see Calgary moving on from him unless they're pretty sure, you know, he's done. Mind you, they did that with Burris and he won a Grey Cup in, in, in Ottawa and, and went to another Grey Cup and went to one with Hamilton. So what do I know? But but I, I just think... Like, he, does the I, team have to think a guy is done to move on from a quarterback? You can't pay everybody $400,000. No, for sure. For sure. I, I And I, I, I don't know. I, I just... He hasn't been the same guy. He hasn't had the same pedigree and, and uh, level of production. But uh, what about Hamilton? Could he? Could you see him in Hamilton if Dane Evans can't put it together? Or do you think... I, I think uh, they've made an investment in Dane Evans. I think he has shown that he can be the guy. I don't see them cutting bait on him after one up and down season or yeah. mostly down season. I, I don't. Okay. Um, but possible. Possible. Well, well and Sh- uh, Schiltz has looked pretty good in, in backup duty too uh, that I've seen. Right. Um, but is is he somebody that I you know a team is confident in being their starter? I, I no, think. I think you're right. I think they I think they give Dane a shot, but but maybe a shorter leash, and they have Schiltz yeah. in there. But I you know do you, do you maybe give Bo Levi Mitchell uh, a chance? You know I, I I wouldn't see. Here's what I see happening. I see him either going to the booth or I see him going to another team and and just in training camp, it just it just doesn't work. Like he he retires or something early in next year's training camp, I I just see that happening. It's I I don't have any strong you know argument for it. I just I just think he's injured. I think it's just over for him. And prove me wrong. I hope I'm wrong because you need elite quarterbacks in the CFL. It's it's a bums and seats league. And um, as much as Winnipeg fans don't like Bo Levi Mitchell, I think you know he he's a very talented quarterback. And if he can get his game back like Burris did, um, that's great for the CFL. No question. No question. You know, to to Corey May's uh, comment here, could be full carousel of quarterbacks in the CFL this offseason. Fajardo to Toronto or Montreal. I don't see why Toronto would go from uh, the league's leading passer last season yeah. in McLeod Bethel-Thompson to somebody that has been more inconsistent uh, in, in Cody Fajardo. Maybe as a ba- like Cody Fajardo as a backup? I don't think anybody will want him. I don't think you want that guy in your locker room. Like, I think he's a great community guy. You know, maybe run for politics, but (laughs) having a whiner like that in your locker room, boy, uh, if I was a player, I, uh, I don't know, but uh, I just wouldn't want him in my locker room, but you wouldn't want who? Fajardo. Why? I, cause he's a whiner. And, and he, he, you know, last year you saw him blow up at the, at the uh, receivers, he can't, he's not mentally strong enough. Like unless he turns that around, uh, I don't think he has, he's not, he's a, he's a medium quarterback. I mean, That's he has really good games. Number two. If, if he settles Maybe, uh, into the role of being the number two if he, you're yeah, if support he, guy, you yeah. are, um, you know, you're here to build everybody up. Uh, sometimes pressure is too much on guys. You know, yeah. there's, there's guys in the NFL and the CFL that are 
always going to be number two quarterbacks and for a variety of reasons. But um, the, the mental part of it, I think, you know, <laughs> Uh, Cody could be a great number two. I think he's got the yeah. talent to be a number two. Yeah, for um, sure. He's a good like, short I mean, yardage guy. He can run. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the tools, not the talent, the tools. Yes, the tools. Uh, to, to be uh, a number two. Um, so <laughs> looking <laughs> ahead to CFL week 17, Riders yes. Bombers is the first on Friday night, a late game in BC with the Ottawa Red Blacks there. So Keep an eye on on BC. They've they've got uh, a favorable schedule outside of their games against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the coming weeks. Montreal in Edmonton, Toronto in Calgary, uh, and you can see the lines on those games as far as point spread uh, and over under on the ticker below. And while you're looking below, give a thumbs up in the video description below. Absolutely, those are some Um, good games, man. Like, uh, with the exception maybe of Ottawa and BC, those are tough tough games to pick, and and I think they'll be exciting games. No, I I absolutely agree. Great, Um, great. They're they're tough ones to pick, you know, especially the Bombers favored by eight. I'm more likely to play the over under on that game, so you can go to sia.com/slash bonfire and. uh, uh, and do that, but uh, it's it's like they figured it out. The lines this week in the CFL are are really <laughs> gone. Are really the days good. of of uh, degenerate gamblers like me? No, I'm not a degenerate gambler. I I literally put like twenty bucks down a week. Well, mind you, I put fifty on on Toronto to win. I just knew they would take out Ottawa. I should have been like you and and put some money on Calgary because I just knew that BC wouldn't take three from them with Vernon Adams there. I I, I did. Well, Calgary was pissed off after losing. Oh a yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, no, it's, it's, it should be an exciting, exciting slate of games. I'll probably end up putting money, uh, doing the money line on Winnipeg. I, I don't know about the eight points it was closed as of today. Was it? Nah. Yeah. I'm going to take a look and, and see if it's I paid closed, too much attention to my family. It like it's, I put them first and then I miss these important things. Money lines closed on, uh, on all of the CFL games right now. What? So they're probably waiting for those depth charts to come out, see who's healthy and, and the rest. But, uh, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting, uh, in that sense. I do want to talk about, uh, the playoff picture yes. and where the bombers are. So clarity for people out there that are looking at the bombers at 12 and two with four games on their schedule remaining and that a win will give them the West final. That is not the case. A win will secure a home playoff date that is either the West final or the West semi-final it means they can't finish any lower than second so right. clarity there it does not mean the west final um, no. but i'm just trying to pull up the um the gray cup uh or, or sorry the, the playoff odds here mm-hmm. um how do you see the east shaking out zach i i, I agree with the you I, toronto I, montreal but yeah I, I i see toronto winning the division I think they're just a very solid team, special teams, defense, offense. I think, do I trust McLeod Bethel Thompson to bring it under the bright lights of a playoff game on a one and done? I'm not sure yet. He hasn't shown that yet, but he's only had one playoff game, right? So I'm curious to see. They certainly give, like I said, the Bombers a run for their money. That was a really tight game. And, you know, they lost Andrew Harris. I don't, I don't see that working out for them, but they can run the ball and uh, he puts up big yardage. So 
I see that them as a little more consistent than Montreal at this point. And Hamilton, you just you just don't know, right? Like it's just looking like they can't sustain what they're gonna what they do. So you could see a rider a crossover into Montreal, which would be interesting. Pretty a pretty good game. They split the season series, but I just see Toronto Toronto beat Saskatchewan pretty easily twice. I just see that. I, I see them wiping the floor with the Riders if they make it to the East final, and I see Toronto winning it. Yeah, I think it'll be tough for a team to like. I mean, I wouldn't put any money on Toronto to uh, just roll because I think Montreal is absolutely capable of beating them. I think it would be good for whoever comes out of the West if Montreal ends up in the Grey Cup. I think Toronto is a much more dangerous team, but. Um, I, I do digress in, in shots. <laughs> Maybe I was, I think I was almost going to swear there. No, you almost um, were. You were so mad at yourself for saying the word digress. Your second I, I most was. unfavorite word. Uh, my daughter is using literally like every second sentence. Now she just mm. learned the word. And I'm like, I think of you every time she says it. Cause it's just like, I am literally not going to eat that. I'm like, I'm literally starving. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not literally starving. Uh, but um, it's in the vernacular now, Darren. You just gotta you gotta let that go. It's just it's become just a an, a point of emphasis. Okay, that is but true. Anyway, anyway, so you're you're saying uh, you're saying Toronto as well. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think it's Toronto as well. I'm just trying to pull up the um, the odds. I found it. I wanted to put it on the screen, but it's proving too difficult. So um, a Winnipeg win or a Calgary loss this week, Winnipeg will clinch a home playoff date, not the West final, just a home playoff date could be the semifinal as well. A Saskatchewan loss in Winnipeg and a Calgary win means Saskatchewan is out of the West division playoff race. They can only qualify via the crossover and for clarity there the crossover rule is if the fourth place team in this case the west division has more points than the third place team in the east in this situation uh they will cross over and take third place so they will play on the road in the east semifinal. they cannot be tied so mm -hmm. they need a better record than the team that finishes third um, that's very likely the way it will shake out. Uh, I can't see Saskatchewan winning out, uh, one more loss. Oh. They can only qualify via the crossover, but if Hamilton can string, uh, you know, get some wins, uh, it, it's going to be tough for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, um, to cross over and, and make the playoffs, uh, still so much to be determined. Um, yeah. In the Saskatchewan. West, Sorry, Darren, but Saskatchewan has a tough schedule coming up. Like, they play us at home, 30,000 fans. There's not going to be a lot of Ryder fans there, I don't think. I'm told that, there isn't. I'm I'm yeah. literally, uh, literally, <laughs> literally not going to eat that. Uh, I was told specifically that the 30,000 plus, yeah. uh, there's not a lot of people coming from Saskatchewan. Is that gas prices, inflation, uh, the Ryder's? You know uh, the riders um, loyal, thinking, okay, you know, uh, I don't want to, you know, spend a bunch of money coming to Winnipeg, hotel accommodation, gas, totally. the tickets, the rest, and them getting, you know, uh, fifty burgered like they were the last time. Um, but yeah, like 
Yeah. So they play not, us. Not going they, to be a lot of green in the stands. They get then they have to go to Hamilton, and you know we, who knows what Hamilton brings. They can either beat the champs or or lose, you know, to a sort of average Montreal team. They have to play Calgary again, right? Like they have a tough, tough schedule. Yeah, so, and Calgary is going to be pushing. Calgary is oh, going to Calgary, be pushing. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Calgary didn't lose again in the regular season. Um, however, a Edmonton loss this week and a Saskatchewan win, which means that the crossover, you know, Saskatchewan would still be in the West Division race for third place. Um, Edmonton would be eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, wow. Is, is that a foregone conclusion? Probably. But um, that that's specifically what would need to happen. Hey, I'm just glad it's not us, buddy. There were many years where where Winnipeg was at the bottom of the West Division at four and ten, fighting for a playoff spot, and yeah. all it took was one loss. You'd get your hopes up just a little bit, and then they get smoked. I I do want to say a couple of things. One is congratulations to the Jefferson family for welcoming their second daughter, Riley Rose. They're they're just a great family and really part of the fabric of this community. So I think that's worth mentioning. And second, I'll give the Riders some credit for suspending uh, Jake Dolagallo, their backup quarterback, for, uh, or they cut him? Is that the scissors? Oh, no, no. (laughs) He's cracking a back. Yeah, just for getting out in front of it and doing something good for once in terms of PR and 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 just from a team perspective they, that they did, just they did exactly what the blue bombers did as last they should though as they should um, i they the writers have done so many dumb things that i will give them credit just for copycatting it that's fine but uh good for them just to suspend them and i just caution people i work in mental health a lot of people have addictions i get that uh uh you know, driving under the influence is, is an awful thing to do and it puts you and others at risk. And and I know people who have been killed. Uh, I'm not I'm not making light of that whatsoever. At the same time, it's it's often more complex than than someone's just being an idiot and not thinking about other people. Um I, I just don't in, think it's smart for us to even speculate. Yeah, on, you, you just don't know, people. right? You don't yep. know people. Uh, it's it is a mental disorder, uh, uh, alcohol addiction, substance abuse disorder. It often co-occurring with depression, anxiety, other untreated issues, and and you know I just think it's it's not it's not fair to just say cut him or or to speculate on what's really going on. And and you know you look at Kenny Lawler. Has it happened again? Well, nobody's seen it again, right? Um, anyway, I just wanted to comment on that, and and then I'll get off my Quick. soapbox. Quick, quick note. Yeah. And, and similarly, a quick note, um, Daryl, who was, uh, messaging me today, a Bombers fan since 1976 in North Valley, Saskatchewan. Um, welcome to the show and, uh, thanks for joining us live. Sometimes, you know, laid out, he's like, I I can't always join live, but I always catch the podcast in the car. So I appreciate that a lot, Daryl and and everybody watching and, and downloading is Keon Adams. Any good Keon Adams cut by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, um, recently and signed by the blue bombers day before yesterday or yesterday. Uh, is he any good? Well, I mean, seventh round pick in the NFL, uh, by the Pittsburgh Steelers a few years ago and in limited time in the Canadian football league, he's actually put up pretty good numbers. I see this as a depth move injuries happen. You need to rush the quarterback. You need to put pressure on uh, teams, especially in the playoffs when, uh, the passing might uh, minimize itself a little bit as far as as instances teams run more in the cold that sort of thing. But you yep. need 
good defensive line play in the playoffs and, and it gets a little heavier, right? Like it gets a little bit more physical. So that can happen. Um, as far as the, the wear and tear on, on those guys up front. So I think a very smart signing uh, of Keon Adams. And just want to mention one more time uh, again, as well, really, as we always do, Joe Daly, sports cards, yeah, baby. framing, great people, uh, cracking a pack here on the new Ooh. upper deck. Old trader buddy. Marcus Sales, trader. Uh, uh, he went for the money. I, I don't blame him at all. Good for him and his family. He went for the security. He signed a well, three-year three, contract. Three-year deal. I mean, you can't yeah. say no to that. Walmart's had to sign Brandon Alexander and, yeah. and Winston Rose. Of course. You know, they, they couldn't yeah. continue I'm, to pump I'm it in out. jest, but I, you know, I'm and a big what happens? They find DeAndre Alford and Dietrich Nichols. Yeah, and there was a piece on D. Alford, uh, apparently from the from the Atlanta Falcons on, on Twitter. I haven't looked at it yet, but it, it included... It's cool. Yeah, it apparently was really good. So... Yeah, should we should we get into the Ryder game upcoming? Absolutely. So, I mean, the first thing I wanted to say was I think the most important part is is this is a truth and reconciliation game, Darren. And I think one of the great things about the Bombers is, hey, Legio there. There's the kicker. There's the kicker. I, I think one of the great things the Bombers do is that they really put their money where their mouth is. And, and there were 94 calls to action from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission back in 2015 and five of them involved uh, indigenous people in sport. And it, and it talked about recognizing indigenous athletes and supporting elite athletes and supporting, um, you know, uh, initiatives to, to get indigenous kids into sport and, and things like WASAC. And so I, I think the bombers do a great job. They actually have a director of an indigenous relations who is again, Sinclair. And we just put up uh, my interview with him from last February on my podcast uh, the now defunct Let's Go Bombers podcast, although it may make an appearance at some point in the offseason, but it was a great <laughs> interview. No, no, I didn't even know they had a director of Indigenous Relations, but I I think Negan does a lot of great stuff, and they're going to be auctioning off the orange jerseys with proceeds going to Winnipeg uh, Aboriginal, Aboriginal Sport and uh, Achievement Center. Yeah, and, WASAC, great, great organization. Yeah, great. They, they're going to fly in a thousand uh, young Indigenous fans from up north and um yeah there it is there's like a guy there's a guy i miss there's right a, there's a dude right there so and, and, and i i urge you to i'm not trying to self-promote i don't make men any money off my podcast but i think you should it's a worth a listen to negan to talk about um his experience he was actually a college uh fullback played was recruited by alabama so he's an athlete he loves football his dad loves football and uh, the Bombers actually last year at the Truth and Reconciliation game had signs instead of Let's Go Bombers in English. They were in um, Cree and other Manitoba indigenous languages. And uh, his father, Murray Sinclair, who's Justice Murray Sinclair, a very well-known, uh, well-respected guy, was in tears. He said, you know, I've never seen that. I never thought I'd see that. Um, and so... Yeah, it's cool what the Bombers are doing. So they're doing all sorts of things. There's going to be a, um, I think every gate is going to have uh, donations you can give. Sorry, I just lost it here. Every gate, you can you can give it, look on the website. There's, there's donations you can give. Um, 
there's going to be the anthem is going to be sung in Ojibwe by strong warrior girls and Anishinaabe singers, powwow singers, dancers, and drummers featuring Ray Coco Stevenson and Walking Wolf singers. So, and they're going to do the uh, the orange warm up jerseys, both yes. the and the riders, and the and riders, then, uh, yep, and then auction those off uh, as well yeah. as the way sec. So, oh, oh, so the uh, oh, I'm trying to find it there. There's donations you can give at every gate, but I forget what they're collecting. Um, anyway, take a look at the Bombers website. They may have tweeted it out. I, I lost it here. So anyway, just lots of great stuff. I wanted to recognize that. And and it's, it's uh, you know, it's important that we recognize it. And one thing you can do even is just just read about Jack Jacobs in the CFL Hall of, or Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Um, indigenous athlete who was one of the most famous Bombers ever. Actually played under Vince Lombardi. And Vince Lombardi cut him, not because he wasn't a great quarterback in Green Bay, but because he 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 wanted to call his own plays and was very successful at it. So anyway, huh. yeah, there's, there's there's some cool stuff about Jack Jacobs. Anyway, I wanted to say that. The, the other thing I want to say, Darren, and I'll be quick here, is just, you know, just reading the free press because I'm a big free press fan and got, got some great stuff by Joshua Frey Sam and Jeff Hamilton and, and others, Mike McIntyre, uh, Taylor Allen, of course, and... And, and just some stuff that on the coaches Mike show. Mike Swatsky. Mike Swatsky, absolutely. I think, I just think the, the Bombers do. So I always talk about this, the, just the culture of the team. And Michael Shea talked about one of the best ways to unwind is not just to not think about football, but it's to think about something else, to throw yourself into something else. And it's like, that's very psychologically sound. Like if you have an avoidance goal, like I'm not going to drink. It's not as good as saying like I'm going to take care of my health, or I'm going to exercise, or I'm going to I'm going to go to AFM. Like approach goals work, and and you know he threw himself into fishing. He was catfishing, uh, not that kind of catfishing, but O'Shea was fishing this the, fishing the uh, for catfish, fishing for fishing for catfish. You know, you saw Brady Oliveira go to UND and uh, uh, Rashid Bailey go with him and do some motivational speaking, and and Oliveira was was doing some dog rescue stuff and. It's just important that these guys take a break from football. You saw Big E spending time with his family, and I think they just do everything right. And O'Shea also talked about one thing that I thought I'd never thought about is that he gives out the the team schedule months in advance because he knows it's healthy psychologically for for the guys because they have families back home, they have kids they're missing. Like these guys give up a lot to be here, and it's those little details I think that can sometimes be the difference between a win and a loss because a guy's not thinking about. You know, is is coach going to make us practice if we lose this game? Is he going to add a practice? Osh said it doesn't matter how his team plays. They never add a practice. They only cancel them. And it's just that th- that thoughtfulness of the of the players as a whole person. That that's the that's the players coach, and that's that's how you have to coach guys now. And yeah, and it, it works. It's it's part of a greater um, organizational direction, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's as much as it is about ensuring the players have what they need to be at their best. Uh, as much as they can. It's also just about, this is how we're going to run a professional organization, right? From the top down. Yeah. They're all on the same page. Uh, You know, if if you think it's often overlooked, but IG field is used for more than blue bombers football. There's concerts, there's bison sports, uh, uh, women's soccer, men's football, um, the Manitoba Marathon. Uh, there's a whole yeah. uh, Valor football, of Valor course. Valor, um, yeah. There's sure. a variety of stuff that goes in and out of uh, that stadium. And the Blue Bombers, while they are the head tenant, if you will, of this, you know, uh, publicly owned 
multi-purpose facility. They need to know whether they can practice or not, yep. whether the field has got soccer lines on it or football lines on it or the university needs it or whatever. So, you know, pe people rent it out to get married and stuff like that. So it, it's about, I understand what you're saying. Like, you know, great that it it's got the player in mind, but I think it's also just comes down to, to good business practice and good corporate practice for uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because there's a lot going on. They need to know what's what. And yeah. um, I, I was told going into this season that, there was a, a year off, obviously, in 2020 because of the pandemic and no CFL season, but the 2019 championship run, the 2021 championship season, Winnipeg knows exactly what they need to do to be at their best. They've learned from their mistakes. They've learned from their successes. Everything is perfectly scheduled. They know what they wanted, like on an hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute basis. Um, you know, another thing Mike O'Shea mentioned on his show, like, like you're referring to Zach, it's not about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's day one, day two, day three, walk through game day, um, and then recovery afterwards and film breakdown and all that. It's the day after the game. And then how many days do you have to kind of yep. turn around for your next game? Is it five days? Is it seven? Is it eight? Uh, and the like. So, um, I, I think Winnipeg is just a well-oiled machine at this point and it, it goes into areas people don't think about a lot. Well, and I think, you know, you look back in at 2013, I mean, nobody wanted to come play here. I mean, we see that with the Jets too, but you saw that in the CFL with, with nobody wanted to come to, you know, Kyle Walters had to overpay guys like Nick Moore to come here, right? And um, Calgary was sort of the the banner organization back then and and kind of still is, but I think when it makes A lot of mantle. players just want to go to Toronto because of yeah. the what that city has montreal vancouver i remember i remember there and they're like, how yeah. much is an apartment yeah oh. right no for sure no they want to come here now and and you see even keon adams on twitter sort of trashing the writer's culture you, back then i i still remember abby khan when he went to calgary saying like just just the night and day difference and how that organization was run and how the tra uh, players are treated and i just i'm proud that they're doing this uh just just one thing i i i realize now it's a school supply drive for the Southeast Resource Development right. Council. So bring some school supplies uh, to the game on Friday. And the other thing I just want to say quickly, Darren, is, is you know, our leaders take accountability. And that is a big difference from maybe, you know, Cody Fajardo sort of blaming others or blaming the fans and everybody's against us. Or guys like Duke Williams taking, uh, you know, unconscionable penalties and swinging helmets and spitting and eye gouging. It's like, <laughs> Brandon Alexander is not just there because of his talent. You know, they put him right back at safety because of his leadership. And he admitted this week he wasn't on point. Like, he took it on himself. And that takes a lot. But guys will run through the wall for you because we all know that it wasn't just Alexander's fault that the that the secondary got lit up. But he just he, he took it on himself and said, like, you know what? I wasn't good enough. I, I missed my P's and Q's and my calls and wasn't seeing the pictures right. And I'm going to, I'm going to improve that. And it's I have no, to say that's what leaders do. Yeah. But it's hard to the do. Way, the way I saw that game against Hamilton, Zach was Dane Evans was on his game. I yeah. didn't think Winnipeg like blew it. Like, yeah, oh, they for lost. Sure. For sure. But I don't think it was like, Oh, Winnipeg was terrible. And Hamilton took advantage. No. I think Winnipeg maybe didn't play to the intensity level that they wanted to, but Hamilton just beat them. Like Dane Evans yeah. went five touchdowns, no interceptions. He was 
on his game, probably like easily his best game of the season. Absolutely. Uh, so what does a leader do? It's easy to say, you know, yeah, it's on me. But when you get beat, and maybe it wasn't exactly like your fault or or something with the Bombers did wrong, it was more what Hamilton did right. Yep. A leader says, that's on me. Yeah. Because I didn't do enough to help prepare my teammates or myself or whatever. Um, and and you, you, sorry, but it, it, yeah. you never, you never go wrong by taking the blame in sports. In anything, really. In anything. Have you ever seen someone get blowback for taking the blame? Even, oh, and especially yes. if everybody knows it wasn't their fault. I mean, it just, it just makes you look good. It's hard to do. It's hard to eat that. But anybody who takes the, takes the, takes the sword, O'Shea does it. He's done it numerous times and it, it's just, it's never a bad thing to do. It's like, that should be your playbook. If you're, if you're someone in front of the media, you know, it's just like, I, I've got to be better. So yeah. take, but, take the blame if you need to, right? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't take it every Yeah. Although I take the blame all the time as, as a husband here. So, and it works yeah. for me. It works for me. And I'll just leave you with this. Uh, Sun Tzu, I'm throwing a curveball here. He was a Chinese military general, 500 BCE. Oh, uh, the art of war, isn't it? The art of war, exactly. He said every battle is won before it even starts. And I think, I think you know, of course, there's execution on game day and all those things. But I just think if you're a well-run organization like, like the Bombers, like Calgary, uh, maybe throw Toronto in there, you are doing everything right before that 5 a.m. film study, right? All that stuff. Uh, you love football. You play for each other. You love your coach. You do the right things. You make everything about the team. If you do all that and you prepare for your opponent, you take every opponent seriously, which the Bombers do, then you are already winning once you step on the field. You're not going to win every game but you're giving me the best you're giving them me. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. You're giving them the best chance to win. Right. And I just, it, I, I'm, I'm more, I'm almost as proud of that as the great cups, maybe even equally, yeah, whether you win or lose, right? Like sports can be, um, you know, there's so many things that can go wrong. That's that, you know, there's so many variables. Right. Uh, but I just think that's cool. So let's, let's talk about this game, buddy. I, I I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think a lot of people are predicting a blowout. Uh, I don't. What do you think? What do you think? What do you What do you see for this game? And maybe people on the chat. What do you guys think is going to happen this uh, this Friday? So since 2017, I want to make sure I get this number right. But as I read it, since 2017, the Blue Bombers are seven and one coming out of a bye. Whew. Uh, Saskatchewan is not playing particularly good football. I don't think Dan Clark is going to revolutionize their protection. Uh, Frankie Hickson is out Winnipeg. I understand they're beat up, yeah. but the reality is not much is changing from last game to this one. And a bye week only helps, uh, heal some of those bumps and bruises and, and things that don't show up on the injury report or don't keep guys uh, from being out of the lineup. Today's injury report um, showed Mike Miller, uh, as a non-participant, he hasn't practiced in, in a long time, but plays in every game. Uh, Stanley Bryant, also a non-participant for a second straight day, uh, with Jeff Gray being the guy that is filling in at left tackle. That tells me that the blue bombers are not anticipating Stanley not being able to play, um, mm. just 
reading between the lines there of, of how football teams kind of uh, operate nuts and bolts. Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat did not practice again today. He will be questionable for the game with a hip issue. Uh, that's the one I'm really not sure about. Noah Hallett, Nick Taylor, Teadric Hansen, Malik Clements, uh, Drew Olatarski, all those guys um, have not uh, practiced uh, in a stretch and will very unlikely play on Friday. But I really wonder if if Jackson Jeffcoat um, is going to be able to go. It could be one of those nagging things, right? Like don't practice, yep. get your body ready for the game. Yep. And then we're going to add Keon Adams to be there if you need to take some time. You know, yep. if, if maybe it's next week against Edmonton. Keon Adams is able to pick things up quickly, rotate in like without Teadric Hansen and with yep. a banged up Jackson Jeffcoat, it, it can be tough. You know, like yep. Willie Jefferson spent time away as well with his family as they uh, um, welcomed uh, a second daughter to their, their beautiful young family and, and congratulations yep. to them again as, as yeah. we mentioned earlier, but Jeffcoat's the one I wonder about, but with, yep. with no Frankie Hickson, it's going to be left to an American rookie uh, as well as Winnipegger and Canadian uh, Keenan LaFrance to run the football. I, I don't see it as a huge threat, uh, a, a run game. So I think Winnipeg is going to be able to bring a lot of pressure. I understand the linebacking core is not playing at its best. It's definitely not at its healthiest, but I think Winnipeg um, will handle business. Will they win by eight plus? Will they win by nine points and cover the spread? I, I'm not so sure about that. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I think the, the over under is a much better play, uh, on SIA.com slash bonfire. And I would probably yeah. say that's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the offense can put up points on these guys. Um, the offense was, I mean, even against Hamilton, the, the offense was, I mean, they put up what 30, 31 points. So, you know, they were, they were right there. Uh, mm-hmm. can I go with a blue beard for the game? Corey May, I love it. I, I I don't even know how to, but I'll I'll figure it. I'll ask my daughter how to dye my hair, my beard blue, and I'll and I'll do it. Um. <laughs> if you show up to the game day after dark with a blue beard, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> I I don't know if everyone out there will be as dis- will be disappointed at all, but I might be. You don't want to look at a blue beard, but I, if we win, I'll be wearing the chain. I mean, I'll wear the chain anyway to because uh, there's lots of cool stuff. You wear the chain to bed. Don't yeah, lie. it's true. I, I you know, actually have some bruising on me, and, but my lats are getting bigger. That's well, because your your wife's elbowing the chain and it's sticking in your... Yeah, that's right. Sticking my jugular. Contusions. <laughs> um, I, I think it's going to be closer. I, I, I think um, if I yeah. was Jason Moss, and he's kind of a much maligned Jason Moss at times for not, for not running the ball um, and other decisions he makes... I'll look like a Smurf. Yeah, sure. Well, I already so, look like a Smurf. I'm five. So would six. you take Saskatchewan to cover eight points? I I don't think I would touch this game. I I, I mean, it's the third if meeting. You, if, if you I held a gun to, to my head, yeah. If I held if you held a gun to my head, I would I would take the Riders to cover. I think I don't know. Part of me thinks they'll just blow the blow them out within the first quarter. But I think the Riders are absolutely desperate. And a desperate, yeah. you saw that with Hamilton. It has a desperate double edged sword swinging. They're going to go for it on third down. And so they're either going to live and die or die by the sword, Darren. I think. I think that if I was Jason Moss watching what Hamilton did, I would be running that quick passing game against us all night. 
And I think that would set you up on the run, even though maybe your running backs are subpar. I think we got sliced and diced. Now, Evans was was just bang on. He had the game of his life. But Fajardo, uh, I think Marshall Ferguson put out a target chart a couple weeks ago. Fajardo's pretty accurate with like the 5, 10, 15, even 20 mid-range throws with the short throws. He can get the ball out quick. If he can do that and neutralize the pass rush, which may, may itself be a little bit neutralized with personnel, I think he, he exposes those linebackers, particularly linebackers that don't usually play pass coverage like Gauthier, maybe Rutledge, although Rutledge is a bit of tackle machine. I, I think that would be the path to victory. I think Brett Lawther had a rough game. I, I would see him bounce back. Um, I, I, I'm just saying it's it's not under the realm of possibility that Saskatchewan keeps it close or even wins. Don't don't forget they they only lost by two in Labor Day, and that was and I know it's Labor Day, it's a thing, but they only lost by two, and you could argue that they beat themselves. <laughs> Pumper's saying great idea, Zach, but Moss isn't that smart. <laughs> Hopefully, he's not listening to this podcast then or this, this YouTube this is, show. This is the way I see it. <laughs> Cody Fajardo is playing on a bit of a, a banged up knee. It has yeah. no doubt affected his deep passing accuracy. Yeah. But the Saskatchewan Rough Riders receiving core is built for the vertical. Jason Moss's offense is built for the vertical. I don't see a good marriage between the type of football Cody Fajardo was able to play effectively yeah. and what the Saskatchewan Rough Riders actually want to do. Keenan Schaefer Baker can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, somebody, uh, Daryl mentioning that uh, Jason Moss said on uh, Saskatchewan mm. radio, he's going to be used in a running situation. Always interesting when a coach floats that out publicly. Like, do you think Michael Shea goes, Oh, perfect. Okay. Let's, let's prepare for that. Right. Yeah. Like, mm, we'll see. But uh, uh, Shaq Evans, Duke yeah. Williams, uh, Kieran Moore, those are all, either big bodied or speed guys yep. that can stretch the field. So uh, I, I just don't see it being a good marriage right now. And I think that's a reason why uh, Saskatchewan's offense has been struggling this year. Of course, when you want to pass too, and your quarterback can't stay clean in the pocket, that, that always affects, uh, yeah. affect things as well. And I guess, I, I think if, I think if somehow like with turnovers or they're just, they just happen to, to play uh they execute i think if i think if the riders are close or leading early i see them being tough i think if they get behind then it will be a blowout they are not built to come back the the, the d the defensive ends the d line the linebackers will just pin their ear back and and just go after fajardo and uh but i do think if the riders can keep it close early um you know maybe they get uh, what's his name? Mario Alford involved. You know, maybe he returns something. I think Lather will, yeah. will come back from his uh, terrible performance against Edmonton because he's usually pretty good. Um, they have a good punter, good cover teams. I don't know. Th this is the question I want to pose to everybody. Which riders team will show up at IG Field on Friday night? Hit the comments. People are already commenting on this. Uh, people saying, you know, this game will be a blowout, uh, says Bob, man. Um, you know, uh, Andrea says this will not be a cakewalk for the Bombers. Is this going to be a close game or is this going to be a blowout or a, a strong multi-score win? Um, I want your opinion right now, Zach. 
I have it's hard for me to say because it depends which rider team shows up. I, head. Is this I gonna think, be a close game or is this gonna be a wide gap game? I I think it's going to be either. I not I, either. One. I oh come on. Are you gonna do the same thing then? I get to do the same thing to you. Okay, will, I'll come up. I'll, I'll offer mine first then. I think yeah, the I'm, line of eight points is perfectly placed but i do think winnipeg will win uh i'm just not comfortable putting you know uh, some cash down on them covering eight points i think it could be a seven point win i think it could be a 10 point win but i do think winnipeg will win by a good margin i don't think this is going to be a like narrow margin game Mm. i think they're going to handle business i think there's i think there's a path for saskatchewan to keep it close i do I, i i could see it being uh, you know, three, four, five points uh, for a win by the Bombers. If you hold a gun to my head. Then again, it's the worst second down team in the league on defense, or sorry, on offense. Um, Winnipeg's the best second down team on offense. Uh, they're the, by far the most undisciplined team in the league, and it comes back to bite them every every game. And with that crowd, I... I I just think like they were very sick last game, you know, that you can't, you know, you can't uh, forget that they, you know, they were literally, it was coming out of both sides right before game time. So yeah, I don't know. I I think it's going to be close. That's just my, that's just my thought. I wouldn't be surprised if it's quite close. Waiters who uh, often I I call on uh, with some strong comments here on uh, bonfire midweek after the buy last time that of course uh, being, uh, in mid-August, Winnipeg was home to Calgary and won 31-29. Waiters predict something similar. I don't disagree. I just see Calgary as being a, a very good football team and Saskatchewan not. So, yeah, similar, but I think Winnipeg, based on opponent and uh, based on it being kind of a, a crazy crowd and the rivalry that is Bombers-Riders, um, I, I think Winnipeg is, is going to, to handle business, but great. Everybody joining us, uh, in the chat. How about this? Bob man wants to put his Saskatchewan farm down on it. I kid, of course. <laughs> um, uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how that all shakes out. Do you want to do your, our CFL rapid fire? Let's first? do it. Let's, well, let's do, do it. our, let's do our NFL picks first. So all right. last week, if I can go back <clears throat> in the notes here, Zach, yeah. NFL week three, you picked Kansas City to cover five and a half points at Indianapolis. Yeah, somebody's favorite team, the Colts, right? Who had been shut out by the Jaguars. Who are, the it's, now, it, 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 it's now turning out the Jaguars are a pretty darn good team. And and I've actually, well, I won't spoil it, but uh, yeah, that's twice KC. I've, I bet on them uh, and I've come up short. straight up one. Yeah. Yeah, Indy straight up. So they one. did not. Kansas City did not cover five and a half. San Francisco, you picked to cover a point and a half. Yeah. At Denver. Yeah. I, I thought I thought Denver was an absolute, you know, tire Don't fire you? coming in. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, I think what happened was Russell Wilson just decided to just play the the game he wanted to play in the at the end and just say, "Screw you guys, I'm going to be Russell Wilson," and and he just won, but credit them but yeah i uh i believe i am now one and three on the season or oh and oh and three no i'm oh and three on the season for sure are you sure how do no how, so. how is that we, we do two every week no but i did one we've only done two weeks and i did one the first week 
So I picked Casey to cover, and I only picked in, in week one, and I lost. Um, yeah, you're you're four and one, buddy. Well, we haven't even gotten there yet. Hang yeah. on. Yeah. Hang on. Uh, Kansas I City picked- also tried a fake punt and tried to throw the ball on fourth and ten. Like, God damn it. Well, they so seem mad. to be desperate, maybe a, a little uh, bit in that game. Well, their, um, ki- their starting kicker wasn't playing too, and their other kicker was just like blowing chunks. So you you bet on that that San Fran. Um, yeah. This is killing me. I, I'm pulling up a, a website here, and it's just blasting audio. Hang on a second. Oh. There we go. Wait, you want to look up? I have your picks. I know what you did. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. I got All it. Right. No, I was just just pulling up uh, the the overall score. So that game you picked. Uh, San Francisco, Denver, that was probably the worst game <laughs> to watch in the history of football. 11, uh, any league. It, it was an absolute <laughs> dog. Um, was that uh, the, yeah, it was the Monday nighter doubleheader, right? Yeah. So you picked San Fran to cover a point and a half and they lost by one. So uh, you've gotten no favors uh, in your picks. Well, thank you. So far thank this you. season. It's not I had me. Cincinnati to cover five points at the New York jets. And they did the jets continue to struggle. It was a 27, 12, uh, beat down by the Bengals. I knew they were going to rebound. Well, um, yeah, I had, you had that. I had Chicago to cover two and a half Woo! at Houston. Houston then throws it uh, home to Houston, home to they, Houston. They then they throw it like you, you got, I don't want to say you lucked out, but ooh, that was close. Houston throws in Chicago. Uh, puts Chicago in field goal range and they, uh, they go up, they, they win it by three, buddy. So you cover it. Good for you. Okay. So let's look to week four and our NFL picks. I'm just pulling things up here on SIA.com slash bonfire uh, to, uh, to ensure uh, we get uh, the right numbers here as they stand right now. Um, you and I talked about this the other day of, of, of our picks. Now I'm forgetting. Who do you got? Who do I got? I have, uh, I have the Jaguars. The last time I checked on SIA, it may have changed, um, today, but it, they were, uh, they were six and a half point dogs, um, at the Eagles. And from everything, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm an NFL nerd, but all the analytics people, uh, I was reading were saying that Jaguars are are good for their um, they're good for their wins. Like they're not just lucking out. They they have um, what do they call it um, points above expected or whatever. Like they're they're a good football team. And so I think I don't think they're going to beat Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is a real threat with Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's really surprised people. And you know, you're in Philadelphia, which is just a madhouse, right? Like those fans yeah. are absolutely rabid. Um, you know, everybody knows the Fly Eagles Fly song by the time they're, you know, two years old. Uh, so I don't know that, that they're going to beat them, but six and a half is a lot in the NFL. What I realized watching some of the games this week, Derek, is that 40-second clock, it really... It's awful. It changes the game and, and you, you know, the, the team's out of timeouts, like you could beat it. It's hard to, to kick the crap out of a team in the NFL. Like it, it really, like you can be up by one and just, you know, uh, the it. other, the other team can't kick a, a, a rouge and, and just kill the clock. And, and then that two, two minutes runs out real quickly. So um, I think, I think, the, I think the Jaguars uh, could keep it close. So you got Jaguars to cover six and a half at undefeated Philadelphia. Yes. yes and your next pick. 
My next pick is Pittsburgh is minus three and a half versus the Jets. I just, I mean, neither team is is sparkling, but but the Pittsburgh defense is is stellar, and Trubisky has more experience. I know he's no uh, he's no Brett Favre, but uh, <laughs> I I think Pittsburgh can cover three and a half. I, I also the I mean the Jets are just. It's such a sad organization. Anybody on here who's a Jets fan, I, I just feel sad for you. I mean, it's even at the point. I mean, at least they had the Namath Super Bowl and and really brought the NFL into the fore because the AFC finally won something. But man, like since then, sure they they had the uh, the Ryan years where they sort of came close, but they also had the butt fumble. <laughs> you know, like it's just a, right. a sad sack organization with Joe Flacco. Uh, I I just see Pittsburgh handling them. I'm not going to say they're going to crush them, but I I certainly think they can, they can cover three and a half. I'm trying to find my, one of my two picks. Did you write down mine? I I thought I did. And then, uh... (laughs) Hey, wait, I think you texted them to me, buddy. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Uh... Yeah, I have them. I have them. I have them. It was the first one. Okay. So. Oh yes. I remember. Okay. I got the Chargers. Yes. To cover five at Houston. And I've got the Rams. So I'm taking both LA teams mm-hmm. on the road. I got the Rams to cover. Um, they oh, are you got them one and a half point dogs oh, are they one in and a San half Francisco. Now? Yeah. So Chargers to cover their five points spread, uh, five point favorite. Uh, in Houston, and then I've got the Rams uh, plus 1.5 at San Francisco. And I'm rolling 4-0. Is that right? 4-0? 4 and 1. Oh, 4. No, 3 and 1. Sorry, 3 and 1, because you bet you bet 2 each week, so you're 3 and 1. Right. Okay, I'm 3 and 1. All right. And I'm 0-3, right. so I, I've got to turn it around. Wait a here, second. Buddy. How have I picked 4 games and you've picked 3? Because the first week you picked 2 and I picked 1. I don't that know how that no happened. Sense. Oh, well, I know. What are we doing? What are I we doing know. here? What are we doing? Zach, remember I said the first week does not count. Oh, we're starting fresh. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, so uh, I'm. You're I'm 0 and 2. 2. You're 2 and 0. No, that's not right. Yeah, we dude. Last week you went go. 2 and 0, and I went uh, 0 and 2. If you watch the first week, we're, we're both. Uh, I'm 0 and 2. You're 2 and 0. See, everybody out there watching, this is what happens when you don't hammer everything down in the pre-show planning whatever uh, we're busy people people will give us a break here okay, so, so you got you got the la teams all right okay so you've got jacksonville against plus six spread. and a half at yep. philly you've got pittsburgh to cover three at the new york jets i have got the chargers to cover five i lose it here this is awful I and feel then you've bad got the, for everybody. You got the Rams against the spread versus uh, San Fran. Yes, I hang on. I just want to make sure I got the the um, <laughs> the Chargers line right. <laughs> it's just the the computer is just going away on you, buddy. It is brutal. Yes, Chargers to cover their five point favorite at Houston, and then I've got the Rams plus 1.5 at 
San Francisco. Yeah. So SIA.com slash bonfire sign up. It's super easy. Um, and you can uh, play a little, uh, play around a little bit because they give you a 100% bonus up to $500 on your first uh, deposit. Okay. Go. We're going to do our CFL rapid fire. Rapid. Yep. Let's rapid. get through it. Saskatchewan at Winnipeg, the Bombers, eight point favorites at home, 30,000 plus at the Madhouse on Matheson. I'll take the Bombers to cover eight. Not to cover it. We're doing point spread here. Come uh, on. Oh, no, I'm not going to take them to cover eight. No. You got Saskatchewan plus eight. Yep. Okay. I'm going to take the Bombers to cover eight. Oh, you uh, are. Ottawa in BC with the Lions favored by seven. I would take the Lions. I think Ottawa's just broken at this point. I'm and with you there. I got going the all the way across the country. Yep. I got the Lions to cover seven. They're going to have yeah. a bad taste in their mouth following losing oh, at yeah. home to Calgary. They'll beat up on the lowly Ottawa Red Blacks. The Elks are at home and underdogs to the visiting Montreal Alouettes. Do you think the Alouettes can win by more than three? Whew, that's a tough game. I mean, uh, yeah. Rapid, rapid. Yes. I, I, I don't think Montreal could win by three. I, I, I I think Edmonton at home. I think they they're gonna have to win at home sometime, buddy. Or they're gonna, I'm gonna keep take it close. The, I'm gonna take the Alouettes All to right. cover three and a half. And then Toronto in Calgary. The Stamps are five and a half point favorites at home to the East Division leading Argos. I I would take the Argos against the spread there. I think that's a oh, big okay. Line. We're gonna disagree again on the uh, on the two Saturday games. I'm gonna take <laughs> Calgary to cover five and a half. I'm high on Calgary right now. I think they're gonna be rolling. Yeah, the, the, the you you've rolled Calgary into a nice doobie and you're smoking it and I I hope it's a dud. Well, it's because my because my Hamilton doobie burned my nose. <laughs> People aren't going to let you forget that, buddy. It's okay. Power rankings. I don't mind. But hey, but you're a Brandon Alexander. You can just say, "Hey, I uh I I have to I have to go back to the playbook. I got to look at the film." So, we did your sober second thoughts last week. If you guys yeah. missed uh, bonfire midweek last week go to youtube.com slash bonfire sports find it give it a thumbs up uh, and give it a listen it's also on all of your favorite podcast apps apple google spotify uh and the rest um and uh of course we've got pregame coverage with myself and chris walby tomorrow that is thursday two o'clock we're going to get it going we usually go at three the day before the game we'll do it at two on Thursday this week, and then with the Bombers hosting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Friday night, it's going to be an absolute like battle. Mm -hmm. And energy at IG Field is going to be awesome. And when I say battle, I just mean people are going to be fired up for this game. I do think the Bombers will take care of business, but we will have game day after dark here on Bonfire Sports with myself and the handsome guy with the beard to my virtual right. Yeah, hey, when you when you get a nice haircut, it does wonders for for this ugly mug. I I do just the last point is Corey Bay has brought up something that you and I talked about uh, a pregame, Darren, uh, with the Meyer signing. Does this do any locker room damage to uh, sorry Mayor to uh, to Bo, uh, or is Bo really a good teammate and this is no big deal? I was saying the timing of this was interesting. I thought it it might do damage to that quarterback room that you know if Mayor gets injured. You know, does Bo have does Bo really want to play for a team that's demoting him and trading him? You said something interesting. 
you said it was all about marketing that they want to say this guy was the player of the week. He's he's the new guy in town. He's the new mayor. And come, come I want to go see him. him. Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't think of that. They got to sell tickets. This is the CFL. Calgary wants to fill that building uh, on this home stretch here and and possibly for that home playoff date in in the West semifinal. It could even be the West final uh, if they get a a ton of help, but, you know, more unlikely than likely at this point. Um, For Jake Mayer, if, if you're the new guy, you're the marketable piece. And in a city like Calgary that has seen Bo Levi Mitchell... Excuse me. The whole love it, hate it with Bo Levi. Stampeders fans love him. He has won them great cups. He has won MOPs. He has helped. He has been one of the most successful quarterbacks with a win-loss record in CFL history. Mm -hmm. He's been the dude. And now the torch is being passed. I think Bo will be a good teammate, just like he was when Jake Mayer took over earlier this season. He will be supportive in the rest. I don't see it as being an issue uh, in the locker room. Off the field, like outside of the football organization, fans are like, whoa, Bo's not the guy anymore. John Huffnagel has gone to somebody else. Dave Dickinson has gone to somebody else. Who is this guy? Oh, he was the top performer last week. Oh, they're coming off a good, a big road win over the team they're jockeying with in the West Division. I want to see this guy. Mm-hmm. Call the ticket office. I think it absolutely had everything to do with announcing it at an opportune time and uh smart on calgary uh the stampeders uh, marketing and, and pr department uh for handling it that way yeah and i and uh, they must think that Bo can handle this with class and and oh, from everything on. i've They're seen pros, right yeah they they yeah. they get and he gets it right it happens to everybody right everybody joe montana got shipped out of town so i mean it it, yeah. it happens so it should be very interesting this week, my friend. And and next week we promise to have our be on our P's and Q's with our NFL picks. I'm just checking here. because uh, Waiters mentions that the Jets play next Wednesday. Oh. Like we gotta hire Waiters as like a producer or something. <laughs> uh We'll keep you updated uh, on the schedule. Just follow us on Twitter at Zach Schnitzer 48 at Darren bombing. Um, and then of course we'll, we'll keep things scheduled here uh, on YouTube as well. Um, do want to mention the Winnipeg rifles lost a squeaker to the still undefeated Regina thunder at IG field this past weekend. Uh, still top 10. The rankings come out on Thursday. Um, but rifles in Edmonton to take on the Huskies in a true battle for second place in the Prairie football conference. Hashtag rifle up uh, Scott uh, son, Jake amongst a very talented receiving core quarterback, Bryson McNeil of the Winnipeg rifles leading the country in passing right now. First to hit 2000 yards on the season. He is really something to watch. Their next home game is October 25th. Pardon me, October 16th. Uh, Information on that is in the link uh, in the description below in the video, but uh, follow them on social media at rifles football and at rifles calm let's leave it there zach okay buddy appreciate everybody uh joining us tonight nice to see you all and and yes like i said we'll be more on our p's and q's darren with our nfl picks i mean we did talk about them before the show but uh you know i just hope people come back i just hope people come back 
come back and watch us, okay? We'll make Dude. it up to you. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They know where they get the goods. That's We're not afraid right. to say it as it is. And uh, That's right. Well, you know, uh, th- this final stretch of the season, things could get tight for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Anything, uh, nothing is um, uh, decided at this point. They could easily be on the outside looking in when it comes to uh, the West Final. So they need to go handle business. And it starts with the riders in town on yep. Friday night. Going to be an awesome atmosphere. Get your tickets if you haven't yet. Because yep. uh, these are special moments with the team, the way they're playing um and and how good they are at home um you know drink it in winnipeg uh, enjoy it while you can and i am going to be super excited to bring my good friend caitlin who's been and i've talked about her before on the show she's just been an awesome support she's going to be wearing her new jersey section 128 can't wait to go with her uh she's she's just been someone that's that's really supported this show and listened the whole time even my podcast and uh i'm really happy to bring her so it'll be great uh thank you fire starters great chat sandy sending love everybody towson waiters kurt kurt roche chimes in right at the end wait kurt scott roger leslie lynn everybody uh yeah everybody's Gregory awesome. too even though you're a cowboys fan love you buddy <laughs> we'll see you all yeah. on friday Appreciate you all. We'll see you on uh, the pregame Thursday. And Zach, I will yes. see you back here with everybody else for game day after dark. And bring those bring those school supplies, folks, to uh, to Friday. That'll be uh, very helpful. Thanks for joining us on Bonfire Midweek. We'll see you next time. Yeah.